My Image Podcast, and I am your host, Maisha Price. And we have a special guest here with us today, Esquire, Jennifer Downing Mathis. Jennifer is currently a Deputy First Assistant Prosecutor with the Mercer County Prosecutor's Office. She began her legal career serving for the Honorable Paulette Sat Peterson. She has been dedicated her life to this occupation for the past 25 years. She also, in her recognition of service and professionalism, she has also received numerous amount of awards. That's all the description I'm going to give you of her. Everything else, we're going to find out in the conversation. So all of you visionaries, welcome Jennifer. Jennifer, thank you so, so much for doing this and being our first guest on the podcast. (laughs) Listen, when I came up with the idea about doing the podcast, you were one of the very first people that came to mind. And I said, I don't know if she's going to do it, (laughs) but what's the harm in asking? (laughs) So that's what I did. I said, let's see if she said yes. I was like, yes, she said she'll do it. And it's funny you thought that because I'm kind of like, eh. But you are a type of person that made me say yes. Listen, and I appreciate it greatly. And for today, we're just going to dive in. I just want you to be who you are and be your authentic self. We ain't got to be attorney right now. (laughs) Just be... Jennifer, (laughs) I'm sure it's embedded in you, so it's going to pop out anyway. So listen, everybody, I know as we get into this conversation, I want you to remember that these are Jennifer's thoughts. These have nothing to do with her occupation where she works with the Mercer County Prosecutor's Office. These are strictly her thoughts from her point and perspective. So with that being said, why don't you tell us who Jennifer is? Who is she? It's a good question. (laughs) Um, And I say that because I uh, just reached my milestone of 50 six months ago. And I I think I'm really starting to figure out who I am. I mean, it's a lifetime of... You know, you do things just because you grow up and I have to finish school. I have to get good grades. I, you know, I have to go to college. I have to get a job. You do a lot of have tos. And um, when we were talking before we started and I mentioned that I'm at the end of my career, I'm a career prosecutor, which means 25 years, Mm -hmm. which is where I am. You, You have more time as you progress to figure out who you are right and and to figure out who that is so who is jennifer um she's complicated uh she's like most of us uh she's feisty okay everybody will tell you that she's feisty she's strong um she's smart I don't take no for an answer. It's it's very hard for me to hear no. And and part of that is being spoiled by my dad because I <laughs> was never told no by my dad. You're like, what's um, that? Yeah, I'm like, no. no. What do you mean? <laughs> no. Um, and just in, in my life, working for things, working harder for things mm-hmm. as we as black women and, and black people and black and brown people sometimes have to do. I just don't take a no. And, and the flip side of that, I always say I'm a combination, my dad and my mom. 
both very strong, but my mom was the type of person that there's more than one way to skin a cat. And right. she would actually always say that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you try this way, that doesn't work. You, you don't sit there and pout. You try something else. Absolutely. You try another way. And and I just think also just being resourceful as, as black people, that's what we do. I mean, we, we make it work without a lot of things. We figure out how to rob Peter and pay Paul and make things work when things don't always work. So mm-hmm. I think Jennifer is a, a combination of all of that um and you know the the jennifer side that my friends know i'm funny i always have people cracking up i i I will say a lot of crazy stuff that's why i said (laughs) you want the real jennifer to come watch i want jennifer Um, i want uh, i want jennifer (laughs) so she's she's a lot but um she's a wife okay she's an aunt I, i say auntie mom Mm-hmm. Uh, to my nephews and you know a, a genuine good friend I'm not one of those people that um, take friendships or relationships lightly I don't consider myself phony if if I say I'm true to you or I'm going to do something and you're my friend that's, that's right. something that I mean which I think it's very important because having good friends mm-hmm. is something very far from you yeah. that you know you can count on if you yeah. call them in the clutch or, or you know even when it's good moments sad moments right. you know excited moments they're there and they're Absolutely. consistent across the board. Absolutely. And I always tell them, if your friends always agree with you, they ain't your friends. No, no that's true. You need you need those no people in your life that tell you, no, you're wrong. Right. And you shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Maybe you want to do that. Maybe you don't want to wear that. Uh, you, you do need those friends in your life. Sometimes I'm that friend. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard, but I'll, I'll say it. But I, I do always try to say it with love or with mm-hmm. care, not really hurt anybody's feelings. Um, I, I'll preface it like, OK, you might not like what I'm about to say, but I'm the one to tell you. Um, and, you know, sometimes we bicker back and forth like friends or like sisters do. But yeah. those are the type of people you need in your life. I'm still working on that. That say it. When yeah, I, I soften. Everybody's like, I like how you did that. <laughs> you said it, but you softened it. Yeah. You see, some people got the nice words that they can use yeah. and it comes out totally different. I always tell people, if you don't really want the real, like, I have to ask the question, like, my previous before we get to that, like, do you want me to tell you the truth? Do you want me to tell you what really makes you feel good? Yeah. Because if you want the truth, okay, I have no problem with that. Now, that make you feel good part. Uh, mm, yeah. I'm going to ask somebody else. <laughs> and, I, and I think it's, too, because of my career, and I'm, I'm you talk about that also, I'm that different person mm-hmm. where I have to be straightforward, sometimes harsh. I, I think I try to work against that in my personal life and so that makes me overcompensate and, mm-hmm. and try to be nicer when I deliver a message. Gotcha. So I, I think that's part of it too. But that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah. And, and knowing the career path that you have chosen to do, um, growing up, what did you want to be? Yes. Or was this your, or was this what Jennifer wanted to be? Don't be funny. Uh, <laughs> Jennifer, now I was a child in the 80s and the 90s. So uh, hip hop, Okay. It's new and a big deal. So I at one point wanted to be a backup dancer. Shut your mouth. A rapper. <laughs> That's what was hot. That's what was uh-huh. popular um, in the 90s. So I had dreams of that. I was always musical. I took piano, but I took classical piano. So okay. I-, I probably could have been an Alicia Keys back then, although there was no Alicia Keys, uh-huh. except I'm not the greatest singer. Although I think I sing quite well. Um, <laughs> but I could have done the, mu- the music part, the writing So you're the shower singer or you're in front of the people singer? Uh, if I have a 
have drinks. <laughs> Everybody. Like the shower singer, the through the house singer. Gotcha. If I have my iPads on, I'm singing like I'm Patti LaBelle or Rita Baker in a concert. And my husband was like, oh, God, what is happening here? Yeah. Um, but I probably could have written music and played music, which looking back now, like you look at a Candy Burris, I probably could have made tons of money doing that had mm-hmm. I known. But I mean, I'm a kid in, in Mercer County. I didn't know anything about that life. Right. So something musical performer, that type thing. Um, in high school, that's something that that I really enjoyed. But it was also the Cosby decade. Mm-hmm. And it was actually the wife, Camille mm-hmm. Cosby, Felicia Rashad, who was a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And in watching the Cosby show as a kid, I, I just saw her and I knew that's what I wanted to do. I thought I was going to be exactly like her, be a corporate lawyer with the briefcase, you know, be in New York and the boardrooms and all that. That's what's what my vision was. I ended up being a government attorney as a prosecutor, which is something completely different. Mm-hmm. But at that point, probably... I guess senior year-ish, I probably knew I wanted to be a lawyer. But again, I wasn't quite sure what that meant. I mean, you just say, I want to be a lawyer. So it was four years of college. And then after college, it's three years of law school. And there's the bar exam. And then you start practicing. So in college, that's when I really made the decision that I knew I was going to go to law school. It was also a time when... I mean, I graduated college in 94, so we were in a recession. There were no jobs out there. Mm -hmm. I went to a business college. People were going to work in a video store, which kids don't even know what a video store is anymore. Like they like Blockbusters. What's that? Yeah, Blockbusters (laughs) is like a job with a college degree. So I figured I'll stay in school a little bit longer since there really weren't any fantastic jobs out there at the time. So that was one of my decisions as well. I also had advice from people that just said, you know what, life is going to get in the way at some point. If you have the opportunity to go straight through while you're in college mode, Mm -hmm. study mode, testing mode, just do it. Mm -hmm. So I did uh, have that luxury and that opportunity. That's what I ended up doing going straight through. It it, it was a battle. It was tough. (laughs) I I didn't like law school at all. Not one day of it, not one minute of it. Every semester I was like, I'm done. I'm not going back. (laughs) I'm not doing this. this. (laughs) Or or it would be, I can't do it. It was one or the other. I'm not doing it. Or, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. What are we going to do? But a lot of people do feel that way. Mm -hmm. As as lawyers and as women, my parents were good in putting me around specifically black women that were lawyers. The, mm-hmm. the judge that I clerked for, uh, Sat Peterson, is sort of like a second mother to me. I met other attorneys. My dad would sit me down like, my daughter's in law school. She wants to be a lawyer. Talk to her. Because he was in law enforcement. So he knew different lawyers. And and it's just that kind of sisterhood and that Mm -hmm. kind of support of people who've done what you want to do, telling you that you can do it. Even now, when I lecture um, in the community or with schools, I I always tell people it's important for kids to just see someone that looks like that. Absolutely. Doing what we do. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that gets lost a lot of times that it makes a difference if I go into a school versus one of my white counterparts. Absolutely. Depending on the school district, when children see a, a brown girl, a black girl that looks like them and they're like, wow, I, you know, I can do that, too. Just for me, it was a character on TV, but I saw a black woman playing a lawyer on TV and that changed my decision of making me want to be a lawyer. Right. So I always say that the vision of seeing someone doing what you do is, is just immeasurable. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, like you said, for them to see someone that looks like them, it's not far-fetched anymore. Right. It makes them believe that, okay, if they did it, I definitely I can, can do it. it. If they know that, okay, this person came from the same state and town that I've come from, right. then guess what? Evidently, it's not unachievable. Right. You know, and even with that, do you think you, you said your dad was in law enforcement? Did that kind of like also play a part in your decision? Not with me being a lawyer per se. That was what help make my decision to be a prosecutor, mm-hmm. which is a different type of lawyer, a special mm-hmm. type of lawyer. Um, neither one of my parents went to college. Mm-hmm. I had older parents. My sister and I are 12 years apart. She's older. So I just like came along kind of like an only child, older parents couldn't help me with homework, didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say for, for people just to see someone, you know, I didn't come from a family of, of doctors and lawyers, mm-hmm. like a lot of our white counterparts. Right. do. I just had parents that knew you're going to do better than I did. We we're able to provide this for you. You're going to go to school. And I, I did like to talk a lot <laughs> as a kid. All of my report cards. No, like, for real, Jennifer. Talks, Jennifer talks too much. <laughs> Everything's good, but Jennifer's always talking. And my mom would always say, I like to argue as well. So I, putting those skills that you have and trying to match that with a profession, mm-hmm. I think that's important too, to know what, you know, I can't sing. So I, I'm not going to go pursue that because I can think I'm the greatest singer in the world, but I'm not. Uh-huh. But I knew I could talk. Um, I like to write. I, I wrote little books as a child. My mom was always saying I was going to be this author, which there's still time in life to do that. Absolutely. But that could be your second act. Yeah, I would I would buy my little books and draw my little pictures and, and write stories. So I think that putting those skills, knowing that's what a lawyer does, that helped me decide. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to make a difference. I mean, I always... <sighs> I don't want to sound wrong, the wrong way, but I always wanted to be important. I wanted mm-hmm. to be an executive, a professional, you know, mm-hmm. someone out there that's like, who's that? Who's, you know, who's right. that girl? So there were a lot of things. I mean, what do you know about a lawyer? They, they're important. They carry a briefcase. They make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Some of it was that, but it was also knowing that I did want to be involved in law enforcement because that's what my dad did. He absolutely refused, would not let me be a police officer. That was really my dream. And he said, no way, because, again, he was older. And back then, that was just something you did. He was Mm -hmm. in the military. And what do you do when you get out? You you get a job in law enforcement. He didn't have the opportunities that I had. And he's like, no, you're in college. I want I want more for you. Got you. So my little roundabout way was to be a prosecutor where I, I am law enforcement. I work with police officers every day. I have police powers, but I'm not a police officer. Right. So it was my little workaround. You're still, you're still in there. Still in there. Just another way. Yeah, you went this way. way. You know. Right. Still another way. You so, said, I can go that way. Yeah. That's, that's that. I'm not taking over <laughs> 
stuff like, well, if I can't do this, I'll do that. So yeah, that was, that was my inspiration. And, um, you know, 25 years later, here I am still, still doing it. I mean, listen, evidently you're doing something right. 25 years in doing it and they ain't fire you. <laughs> you're still there. So that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure it being, you know, you working in that, in that industry, um, it can sometimes be challenging because to know right. that you are a female, not just Ooh. any female, but an African American female. What you say? In you a, a <laughs> male dominated field. Yes. You know, how did you deal with those challenges of working in that industry yeah. and knowing that, you know, you coming from not so much a father who was in law enforcement, but right. like, hey, I know what I saw on TV. I know I want to be important, but didn't right. realize that what comes with that being important. Correct. And and you learn trial by fire. You learn as it happens. And I don't think there's a black attorney in this state or in any state that uh, that I'm any different in what I'm about to say, and what I experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, But being mistaken for the defendant or the defendant's family, being Mm -hmm. mistaken for the court clerk, um, for any other person than the prosecutor. When you walk into a courtroom with an arm full of files, dressed to the nines, heels and everything else, there is that stereotype and that assumption that you're not the prosecutor. Right. A lot of people who had met me before, they hear Jennifer Downing. They think I'm a white girl. Mm-hmm. They've heard me on the phone. They think I'm a white girl. Mm-hmm. So they're sitting in court looking around for Jennifer Downey. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, hello. It's me. It's me. I'm her. Um, so, you know, there's been, even judges are waiting for the prosecutor. And it's like, I'm sitting here. That would be me. They think you're an intern. It's just that that implicit bias, that extra layer that um, women and, and black women have in the workplace. Mm-hmm. We are sometimes and I've gone through it in my career, you know, the thought that I'm I'm not as competent. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not the supervisor or the boss. I mean, right. I've had white attorneys work under me and they're like, yeah, I need to ask my boss. And we're all standing in a conference and then right. they're like, uh, yeah, that would be her right there. She'll talk to her. <laughs> She's the boss. I'm, you know, just the uh, AP. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, oh, oh. oh uh, yeah. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> so, you know, there and that's unfortunately still happens. I mean, from from my first year till even now, just being mistaken for somebody else other than the prosecutor um, happens all the time, happens to lawyers all the time being challenged. I mean, like I said, there's there's lawyers, there's the law, but law enforcement, police officers is still a male dominated field. Mm-hmm. It's still a white male dominated. Field. Absolutely. So as uh, before I was deputy first, I was also chief of one of the units that I supervised. And as a deputy first, what that means for everybody is I'm third in command. There's a prosecutor, a first assistant, and I'm one of two deputy first. Mm -hmm. So when the final answer needs to be the final answer comes from me, when there's a a decision that needs to be made on a case or something like that, it has to come from me. And and throughout my career, unfortunately. So when you say that term, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but mm -hmm. when you say you got the prosecutor and then you have the... First, first assistant, assistant and, and then I'm one of two deputy 
be first assistant. But the prosecutor's hired? Like yes, they're the, the prosecutor's Okay, the so boss. you're here, there. Gotcha. Then there's his first assistant, okay. and then we're the next level. Myself, gotcha. And there's another deputy first. So we're third in command of the office. But having, you know, police chiefs go toe-to-toe with chiefs of police or, or captains or lieutenants that don't necessarily want to take my interpretation of the law from me, mm-hmm. um, explaining why we are not charging or why we need to be charging in a certain Mm -hmm. case, that type of um, behavior is still out there, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And and it's it's a reality that it's like the assumption. I don't know what I'm talking about. And and that goes to also even after 25 years. So sometimes Mm -hmm. I have to say that, (laughs) like, I'm not new here. (laughs) I've been here longer than you. Yeah, I've been here for a minute. But but on the flip side, I've then had people actually say that I called them stupid. And I don't even use that word. I've never called you stupid. I guess the way you made it. I might break down (laughs) and explain it in a way that you felt stupid. But I, you know, I didn't say that. So there's always it's just that, you know, that dance of how do you say something? How do you explain something? Sometimes you just have to put down the hammer and say, I am so-and-so and I said, this is how it's going to go. But then other times, you know, if you're working with these people day in and day out, year after year, you, you have to try to cajole them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing too, is you have to know what you're talking about. You have to be smarter than everybody else. The judge that I clerked for, she always had this saying and it drove me nuts, but it's so true. It was RTB, read the book. So anytime you ask her a question, you better have had RTB, read the book before you came to her. And that could be the book that had the cases in it. That could be the statute book, but you have to know that inside out. And even now I'm like RTB because I can tell you something, but then I have to pull out the statute flip to it, the number page and go, okay, it's statute this, this number, this page. And here's why, because it's not always accepted just because I said it. I got to tell you, I got to show you. I have to show you. (laughs) And I will show you because I know where it is. So that kind of, um, experience unfortunately is common for black and brown attorneys Mm -hmm. especially women the other thing is just faith and 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 perseverance just knowing i have a poster in my office that just says perseverance and i look at it like once a day that i I knew this is something that i wanted to do and Mm -hmm. i i know my worth i know i'm good at it and and you just have to persevere through those hard days through those difficult times one of the other things too is support. Mm-hmm. We have the Association of Black Women Lawyers of New Jersey. It's mm-hmm. Black female lawyers throughout the state of New Jersey where right. um, we have a group. I was president last year. I'm immediate past president, but that provides the mentorship and the support that's specific to um, us as Black women that we need. Mm-hmm. We can share issues and talk about things and, and do trainings that are geared around ourselves and our issues. Having those mentors and friends in your life as well that you mm-hmm. can pick up the phone um, and, and kind of check yourself like, guess what so-and-so just said to me? How do I write that back? Yeah. Um, or, you know, even sending emails like, here's what I want to say. And it's like, okay, now, I need you to tell me the, the nice words. Take that out. Say. Don't say this. <laughs> Don't say that. So having that support group within the office and without of the office, uh, without, I'm sorry, outside of the office Mm -hmm. to be able to have that support because you do need it on those, on those tough days. We all have those days when we're like, I just can't do this anymore. I can't explain anymore. Why am I questioned all the time? I mean, you think about it. 
it's very demeaning if you're all dressed up and, and walking into a courtroom and then you just get put down a scratch. And mm-hmm. like, really? And it does not happen to my white counterparts. Nope. It doesn't happen to my white girl counterparts. Mm-hmm. And that's a reality. And, and I, I have to tell people, you know, I, I'm not Angela Davis, power to the people with the fist or anything like that. This is the reality of a black woman who's trying to work in a very racially diverse county like Mercer County. Mm-hmm. These are the things that happen to you quite frequently. Right. And I think, it, you know, it's across the board, definitely when it comes to female females and definitely black women right. in power. Right. Where people just assume that there's you're working for somebody Absolutely. or you're not qualified enough to maintain this, you right. know, this position. Because I know myself. Like I have some people come in and you know they're sitting out like oh so is this your business or like who do you, yeah, work, who for? Do you work for I'm like me me that would be it I'm her and that's what I was saying it's not an experience that's necessarily you know just mine it's it's all black women all mm-hmm. black people like we've seen it I when I was buying my first house my own realtor was like you're not really a lawyer you're a paralegal right oh yeah <laughs> I was like that you know three years of law school and degree says I'm a lawyer so apparently and she was older I'm not trying to give her a pass but she was an older white woman she had apparently gone home and told her daughter who was mortified um so the next time that we went looking for houses she's like oh my gosh I'm so sorry I was telling my daughter what I said to you it's just that you look so young no, it's just that I look so black. Like, right. that's, like that's a nice way to say it. But right. I I knew exactly what I, you I meant. What and you, you knew what you meant. Exactly. That's a so, your daughter yeah. probably told you. Did you really just say that yeah. to that lady? You did not say that to her. <laughs> so, you know, it, it lots of things. Generational mm-hmm. upbringing plays into it. The media, what what do you see mm-hmm. on TV? How many black female lawyers do you see on TV? Mm-hmm. How many black female prosecutors do you see on TV? What does the world and the community think of us as black people based upon what they see. What do they Absolutely. see on the news? It's always, you know, a, a white prosecutor or whoever and a black person getting charged with something or white police officer and a, and a black defendant. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it's just all day. Like so my friends and I sometimes say we're so tired. And then the judge I worked for is, you know, obviously older than me. Is like, you can't be tired. We weren't tired. Like, we kept going. But my tired is different. Yeah. Because I, every day I have to defend who I am. Right. What I do. Right. Because of the color of my skin. Right. My skin tells you that I'm not qualified. Right. Right. My features as a female tell you I'm not qualified. Not qualified. Or... So, that I'm an affirmative action pick or she's only here because of right. this or, she, you know, all of that. Like I couldn't on. have worked and got Correct. to this position the same way you worked hard right. at. Right. Or the same way that you got to connect is fine. Right. You all know somebody's daddy, right. daddy cousin, mm-hmm. whatever. But if we do that, then it's like oh, somebody the, got somebody right. got them in the right. office. Somebody got you in this office right. too. So <laughs> zip it and yeah, you know. Sometimes I be just sitting here. You know, I I have to look at people and I, I just my expressions Mine are too. fully displayed on my face. The masks were great because nobody could see. People but it was still bad. Me. I would get a text like "fix your face, fix your," and I'm like, <laughs> but it was still bad because my yeah. eyebrows and my yeah. eyes would pretty much tell you like, and my friends would tell me all the time they're like, like it's crazy because I was sitting in church and the mask was on. I've been looking like, hmm. <laughs> they were like, "Yo, fix, fix your, your face. face," and I'm like, "How do you, you know what?" I'm gonna just I said no disrespect to the Muslim community, but I'm about to start wearing a mugar and just exactly. cover up. And put shades on so then you can't see my eyes, exactly. eyebrows, nothing. Yep. 
Because apparently, I my face just tells everything how I feel. Same. Or when somebody <laughs> says something, everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah she's, mm-hmm. she's about to go. I know you. <laughs> you just, really did you Or say they that? see somebody ask you something like this. Yeah, no, like, no, no, no. So my brother used to say that to me. And it's funny because me and my brother are two years apart, but my brother used to be like, he'll see somebody talking to me. He'd be like, no, 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 yeah, no, like, don't, don't talk don't to her. There. Don't talk to her. Yeah. I'd be like, what's wrong? I I can talk to people. Yeah. But like I said, I think I have mellowed. <laughs> Excuse me. I have mellowed and I do it a different way now. I'm still going to break you all the way down. <laughs> I'm learning not to raise my voice, not yeah, to get excited. Especially like in the store, if I'm out and I feel disrespected or something mm-hmm. like that. Oh, you you want to get all, all fire for all of it, <laughs> but with a smile, like mm-hmm, okay, yeah, yeah. So I'm still working on that part. Sometimes they catch me on a good day, yeah. but yeah, sometimes I'm like, uh, that ain't really what you want. Yeah, some okay? of my coworkers are like, you took that really well. I'm, I'm proud of you. You took that really well, and I was like. You're right. I did. See, I'm doing better. <laughs> I, I, I deserve an award for my progress yes. here, people. Yes. It's, yes. It's definitely a work in progress. So yeah. it's like every day, you know, every day it seems like you have to you have to sh- shift your crown just to make sure and adjust it yeah. and make sure work on the temperaments. Okay. I'm not going to fire off right now. Right. All right. All right. Let me, let me take a deep breath. Yes. Because not only, again, it's something that you wanted to do, but I think sometimes we don't always equate everything that goes that into, goes into it. Yeah. being who you have desired to be, but showing up as your authentic self in it. It's like, do I stand out amongst the crowd and be who I am? Right. Or do I go along with playing ball and playing nice? Right. Because that's the safe thing to yeah. do. Yeah. And it's like, hmm. I, I have to be me. And I, I'll say, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I paid for it because everyone knows. Now, there are people that give it to them, you know, say straight, no chaser. Mm-hmm. There are people that do that in a more bold fashion than I do. Like I said, I'm still going to do it. But, you know, even in my office, I've, I've been, I don't want to say kind of a loner, but people know I'm, I'm not going to follow the crowd. You know, Jen's not going for that. <laughs> Jen's going to say this. And, and I'm fine with that. It, it does take time. Like I said, I'm, being older and being in the profession longer, it takes time to get comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, your job is just your job, who you are, what you mm-hmm. bring into that job. And like I said, coming from a, a strong law enforcement father right. here and a, a tough grit, you know, take no crap mother that I had. Mm-hmm. I, I tell people and people tell me they're like, oh, you're going to catch it because which one is on her shoulder today? <laughs> is it Sarah or is it Bob? <laughs> and, and either way, you're going to get it because, I mean, bottom line, it was like, you know, respect people. Mm-hmm. that whole thing treat people like you want to be treated treat people with respect absolutely but once you disrespect me you're oh, I you can't all, all bets are off yeah I mean you, you're just going to get what you're going to get because my mom would always say no she didn't care who they were she said everybody puts on their pants one leg at a time there you go nobody is better than you don't you walk around and thinking people are better than you she said you know keep your head up you march and she would I mean if the president were in this room right now she'd walk right up to them and be like hi I'm so and so she had just that kind of internal thing within her which which I'm I'm getting it more as I get older because right. I'm like mommy 
come back here. Like, where do you, I mean, at one point she had walk, walked up to one of the governors at an event. She's a little bitty thing, five feet tall, shorter than me, walked right up to him, shook his hand, got a picture. And I'm like, I, I'm a lawyer. This is my event. <laughs> walked up to the attorney general, got a picture smiling. I mean, there was just no stopping her and no fear. But so. that, that part of her, was still embedded in you because right. you still walk with that same right. measure of strength. Like you had both, you have both of them. Like you said, yeah. you don't know which one's going to show up today yeah. in both good <laughs> and bad because right. you may in days where the milder side would be like, Oh, this is going to walk. Yeah. Well, yeah I'll be just like, laid back. No, and she's like, uh-uh, you, take you walk up somebody, and right. you go ahead with all the confidence. would be like, Okay. <laughs> But she would always say, you don't take don't take no stuff from anybody and don't don't take any wooden nickels, which everybody's like, what does that mean? But don't be fooled. Um, You know, someone tries to present something to you and you just go and go for it and skip along. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you think it's a a nickel, but it's really a wood. It's a wooden Mm -hmm. nickel. So she always said that don't take any wooden nickels. And, you know, I think it's a good thing you know, for that balance that you have and that it has now created. Um, Because if you had one without the other, right. (laughs) (laughs) That's not going to go well. So, you know, I I totally understand it because hearing you talk, I'm like, sound like I'm talking Mm -hmm. to you. She's talking about me. (laughs) I literally, I I had zero filters. I tell people like, I tried to not be funny. I was like, I don't want to live like some people like oh I want to live to 100 I'm like I don't yeah because me I think (laughs) me getting to probably about 70 if I have no filter now it's going to get worse. By the time I reach 70, 80, yes. it's you, you don't, you're in danger. I, I <laughs> you're in real danger. Like it's, I am a little bit more control with it now. Yeah. Then you can forget it. Yeah. It, it's, it ain't no control. Once they like, did that old lady just say that? And she yes, can, I did. Cause she's an old lady. So yeah. And like, you know, even now I tell people all the time, I say, you know, I was raised to respect my elders, but I'm telling you now, if my elders get disrespectful, right. you're going to find out that there's another side. Absolutely. Like, don't try me. Absolutely. That's good. Don't try me. Just please don't try me. Yeah. Because I, I will tell you with grace, listen, I was raised to respect my elders, but what you're not going to do is right. you're not going to be disrespectful because right. this is what you're about to get is yeah. disrespectful. And it's always, don't start nothing with me. That's it. I don't go out there looking for fights. That's it. Go out there looking for arguments or attacking people. Um, and people will tell you like she's so quiet, she's so mellow. But when you come for me or come after me, mm-hmm. you're just gonna get what you're gonna get. I mean, What's that slogan? I think uh, it was uh, Housewives. Kenya Moore said, "Don't come for me unless yeah. I send for you." <laughs> Listen, exactly. do not do it because <laughs> if you come for me, I don't know if this really yeah. what you want. Yeah. But okay. And, and I will say, like I was starting to say, I've I've done it and I paid for it because then you get the reputation. Um, she's bossy. She's aggressive. Mm-hmm. She's mean. You know, she's the B word. And then it's again, when I was running this unit, it was like, oh, I don't want to go work for her. Oh, my gosh. You're going to make send me there. Once they came and worked under my unit, everybody was like, best unit I've ever been in. She helps you. She's this, she's that. But people have these stereotypes in this persona and they just make up their idea about mm-hmm. me because of a story they heard. Or, or somebody told them, a cop oh, that's that got just his how feelings she hurt right. Because I was right and they were wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'll say. I'm sorry. And it's usually a he. Sorry, guys, little feelings hurt. But it is what it is. Right. Um, but they'll hear those stories think all these terrible things about me or like I said you get that reputation that you know she's this she's that when 
men show that same behavior, those same characteristics. And they, they get a pass. They get a pass. They're not judged at all. They're confident. They're this, they're that. So that's a, a gender woman thing as well as a race thing as well. Right. Like I said, the, the black woman gets the double whammy that we are black and we're a woman, but right. we get those stereotypes about us all the time. Wow. And that's what it is, a stereotype. Yeah, that, that, that when it all boils down, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, Next thing is Mm -hmm. for me is if you had to speak to the younger Jennifer, (laughs) what would you tell her? What advice would you give her? I would tell her first and foremost that it's going to be okay. Um, Even now, Jennifer is a worrier. Mm -hmm. She's always thinking and planning and what's it going to be and and what's it going to happen. Not sisters in another (laughs) world, probably. So I would tell her, don't sweat the small stuff. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard even when I, I mentor and talk to young girls, we worry about the way that we look right. and the clothes that we have. Right. And oh my gosh, our hair, we got a pimple. I mean, those things you, when you were a teenager, you'd be in the bed for a day, like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, as you grow older, none of that stuff is important. Don't sweat the small stuff. Um, I would also tell my younger self, it, to network more and it's not that I didn't know to network because people always tell you that you got to network you got to network mm-hmm. you got to network and again it's not until you've been in this world long enough or you've been in a career long enough that you learn what that means or what mm-hmm. that looks like and believe it or not I was always very shy very right. shy very intimidated I don't want to walk up I to anybody it hard to believe but okay <laughs> say hi and all that kind of stuff so Knowing what I know now, and and I mean, you can be the smartest person in the world. I'm sure you'll agree with me. It's all who you know. It always boils down to who you know. That's how doors are open. That's how opportunities are made. And and we as black and brown people are behind the eight ball with that. You know, we didn't grow up in the country clubs. Mm -hmm. We don't play golf every day with the, you know, the president of the mm-hmm. company and this one and that one. We don't have those. Our fight's a little harder. Right. We don't have those natural network circles, even at our job. You know, everybody goes out for drinks. Well, a lot of black and brown people, especially women, that's not our thing. We're not going to just, you know, let's go out drinking. Mm-hmm. So I think that I would tell my younger self how important it is to network. Mm-hmm. Um, even with you. I mean, we met through an unfortunate circumstance. Right. You doing the pamphlets for both of my parents, but I was just so impressed with your work and it was just I mean you don't think about who does that who makes these you know Mm -hmm. who is that person (laughs) and you know looking the amazing work that you did and and I'm not just saying that the amazing work that you did with both was it, it was just phenomenal for two people that you've never met right and you were spot on and I thought like this isn't just a business deal. Like I would text you like, hi, and you're probably like, yeah. who's this? But I thought it shouldn't just end with, well, she did a good job business deal. Mm-hmm. You know, this is really someone who, hey, I'm going to say happy holidays, you know, Merry Christmas, happy Easter or something just to make that connect in that Absolutely. network. And now I'm in your network. You're in my network. I tell people about you. You might need something here. I mean, that's kind of how it's done. Right. And I think breaking it down to the younger Jennifer or the younger people that, you know, that's what this whole mysterious networking thing is. Mm-hmm. It's it's talking to people and, you know, and getting past the fear of rejection. Right. Because a lot of times Absolutely. we're scared to go and talk to someone because right. people are like, it, it's, it's a shame. It is that folks knew how hard it was for them to get to Ooh. where they are. And don't but reach the back. Mo- re- don't reach back reach and don't help. <laughs> 
don't help the next person up. That conversation, and and it is a shame. And I I actually was doing some research because you know I told you I was all nervous about the podcast. <laughs> so I was doing some research and preparation. She was traumatized, y'all, but yet she's doing just fine in preparation for today. And it was saying how that, and I never thought of it this way, but that some people feel like because they had to work hard to get where they are they just like don't look back and don't care and think that you have to work that hard Mm -hmm. and it was about black people like especially that's how some of us think Mm -hmm. and you know it just shouldn't be that way you need to reach back and help the other person you know mentor people when you can just like I said just Mm -hmm. seeing somebody going to a school and then oh she's got her own business oh my god whatever your skill set Mm -hmm. is you want to be a nurse you want to be a school teacher you want to be a landscaper you want to be an electrician I was like hmm maybe I'll go to electrician school when I retire (laughs) that seems interesting whatever it is you want to do you need to see See someone, um, it, it could be as simple as seeing someone doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will say my parents did a good job of trying to expose me to that. Mm-hmm. And in Mercer County, I mean, the the affluent, if you want to say, the black community, the dinners, the banquets, the, the different clubs that there are. Even as a little girl, I was mm-hmm. going to all those dinners and community events and, and meeting community people and stuff like that. But I want to say it was it was the words without the music. Okay. I, I didn't understand it. And I don't think you can understand it until you reach a certain level of maturity or or time in the workforce to understand what that meant. Like mm-hmm. if I could go back now mm-hmm. and probably the young kids know because there there's Internet. Wasn't no Internet. when We were right. coming up at all. Uh, we didn't know any of that stuff. But now, I mean, I would have been seven. Like, hi, I'm Jennifer Downey. Here's my business card. I want to be this one day. Not knowing that back then. I think that's what I would tell my my younger self. Go out there, meet people, say hello, talk to people, tell them what you want to be. Ask Mm -hmm. them, can they help you get there? Just like you said, what can they say? Well, the worst thing to say is no. Is no. Yeah, you know, and I I find that just in all the different things that I do, it's it's so hard um, because sometimes... I myself gets discouraged because it's like, I'm doing these things that I heard you say, do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. But it's like, all right, if I'm doing it, I'm going to need you to send the resources, send the people. So that's going to connect and partner with me to push it forward. So it can reach the masses that I know it has the potential to do. And I know people need to hear it. So Lord align those kind of people with me. Um, that's not here to take, but here to help. Yeah. Because again, everybody's always got their hand out or mm-hmm. let me see what, what I can make, right. what I can make. All, okay. Right. They see you want to come up and, you know, even like a lot of times you hear it in the music industry, mm-hmm. you know, they see it's an artist and they rob these artists. Right. You hear the stories from these mm-hmm. artists and they hear how these people were robbed from because they knew no knowledge. They, of know. Right. they trusted that because you were in it. Didn't know they were making three cents per song. Right. Well, somebody else and then they think they're making, they hear the numbers and yeah. Like, wait, my check don't yeah, add up exactly. to your check. Wait, wait a minute. So I remember growing, you know, thank God I had people that I knew that were in the music industry um, that cool. told me was like, listen, no, you don't own your music. This. Don't fall for that. Right. You don't let them take the rights to your music. That's where you make your money. Yes. You don't do that. Right. <laughs> so, right. you know, if somebody actually writes something for them, cool. I own the rights, the rights to this song. So you make if money. you want to do, if we're going to do 50-50 split, 
Just know right. you got this right, but I got this portion of the rights. Yeah. Don't don't try and do no funny business. Yeah. You know, and, and it also develops that level of trust. Absolutely. And knowing Absolutely. that you you can trust the people that you're trying to do business with or be in partnership with. And you know, for me, I've always if I can help somebody not make the same mistakes I've made. Absolutely. Then I'm doing my job. Right. I, I never because I know how hard it is for me. Mm-hmm. It was for me to do these things. Right. So like even with like I'm doing a um, a business event at the end of the year okay. that having panels to talk to people. It's like a business masterclass okay. because I knew what it was for me to start a business, starting oh, it and falls. not knowing right. somebody not guiding me the proper way to start it. Absolutely. And then hindsight finding out that it's not just going to register a business yeah. getting a name and say hip hip hooray <laughs> I'm a business owner oh no there's this thing called the IR of the S mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to pay and that lovely state that you're registered Ooh. in you got to pay them people yes and if you don't they know how to come after you compound interest per day right so it's like to teach people that so like I yes. hear people like oh I want to start a business or I'm going to do that I'm like this please make sure that you have this right. this that and they like hmm yeah, because yeah. I don't want you to make the same mistakes. I don't want right. you to go down the same path because everybody tells you to go start a business, right. but nobody tells you how what to, to stay, do. Maintain right? How to stay, stay established in it? I'm like, dude, I've been doing this for 18 years, and a lot of get a lot of people will look at you and be like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yes, I do. Even when I have people sit at my desk, it's like, okay, your funeral director told you, or somebody told you to come see me. But then you're going to sit here and you're going to tell me right. how, to how to do, do my, my job. job. Absolutely. So I'm confused <laughs> as to who's the expert here. You or me? <laughs> because they told you to call me. I didn't call you. I, Remember? Yeah, I didn't call you. Yeah. You called me. But okay, if you know more than I do, they're like, I wish I would listen. Yeah, I wish you yeah. would too. This would be a lot easier on Ours everybody. Was so smooth. And it's, it's, it's just such a crazy time. And you was just like, you know, I was technology challenged. <laughs> But I did it. And you did it. Like, here you go. Just you say this it. and this and that. And poof, you worked out magic. And one other thing, too. We, we talked a little bit about it. I'm not the most religious person, but it, it has to be your faith. Whatever it is you believe in. Mm-hmm. I have. So well, I have three. I'm lucky. I have three spiritual leaders. One is a past minister. Um, one is one of my detectives who's a minister. And one is my cousin who's a minister. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm, I'm a work in progress. So daily two of the three of them send me a scripture uh-huh. and I will I will admit that's probably the only way or time I would read it mm-hmm. and we talk about it um you know they're working on me because mm-hmm. my my one cousin was telling me about forgiveness and then my detective started telling me about forgiveness so then I'm telling my cousin the story and she's like see that's two messengers right there <laughs> get you to get the message <laughs> so it, it was just um you know, you have to call on God. I mean, whatever your faith is, Mm -hmm. you have to know, like, I know that God has given me this strength. He's given me the smarts. He's given me the brains, He's given me the grace. He's given me all that stuff that I need Mm -hmm. to go out and do whatever it is I will do. So, and you know, you, you, you call on them. I mean, it's, it just, listen, you you have to have faith in something. You really do. Cause if you, if you're out here operating outside of anything other than your faith, um, you're just a deer running with no direction and no, no vision. And that's not, 
you gonna get hit by a vehicle mm-hmm. because you you just out here running aimlessly and not paying attention to nothing. And again, like that's the whole reason, one of the very many reasons why I wanted to start this podcast because awesome. I want people to understand that there's somebody that's like you mm-hmm. that can tell you, hey, I did it, yep. I overcame it, so can you. Right. And you don't have to be anybody but who you are. Exactly. And exactly. I think that's just so important. I, you know, I've spent many, a long time going through it and, you know, um, figuring that out and learning how to love me. Mm-hmm. Learning how to just Ooh. be comfortable in like my I said, own skin. That, that's, that's a lifelong thing and, and that's a recent thing for me because, you know, you don't know I'm saying you know but as a kid I mean you're very self-conscious I was very self-conscious about my looks about I had big feet I got teeth I'm telling you we were were like sister souls and that stuff carries with you like I to this day I'm like no open those shoes I mean there are things that just stick with you and my my mom would be like you got feet some people don't even have feet what's wrong with you (laughs) and it would be so simple and 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 not that she was a simple person but it would just she would just come out with these things like you're right like there's people out here wishing they had feet and legs mm-hmm. I've got two feet and I'm worried about how they look so that process of learning how to love yourself right. I mean it's self-affirmations I have the little post-its taped to my mirror I say them every morning I wake up Jennifer is beautiful and smart Jennifer is smart and beautiful whichever one you want to say first just those little things that you know they're little ways that you you learn to love yourself sometimes I laugh at myself all day long like I did Mm -hmm. the craziest silliest thing and it was like girl Uh sometimes you you gotta really laugh at yourself like you have to laugh at yourself but you know I always say and and, and it's a process to learn but you know the net you can't let the negative voices be louder than that internal voice or that faith I mean somebody will say something negative and you'll just focus on that and focus on that for days and weeks and it's like no so learning to you know, be kind to yourself because the world is going to say all these things we talked about, all these bad things about you mm-hmm. all day long. But to to be kind to yourself, you know, I'm not going to say something bad about myself. The world's going to take care of that. She, Absolutely. She's that. So, like I said, it's a process, but I've been learning to, like, say good things to myself and and treat myself and be kind to myself. And, and that's how you, you know, you build out your inner strength. Well, I tell you, this has definitely been one interesting conversation. And again, (laughs) I thank you so, so much um, for doing it and (laughs) being a part of my podcast. Um, Definitely was a treat. And I definitely believe that so many people that will listen um, will definitely be blessed to just hear just someone that looks like them that come from an urban community and to achieve what you have achieved, which to some may be small to others may be major because now it lets them know that I too can be that person. She may be retired, but (laughs) now I I can come up in the rears (laughs) and maybe try and be like her, you know, and be an achiever, you know, even with all of the things that you felt as though that disqualified you. Right. God didn't disqualify you. You you were saying you were disqualified, but he said, no, you are qualified for everything that I've placed before you that I know you're more than able to handle. So again, I thank you for that, for this conversation, for this time out of your busy schedule to be a part of that. Before we go, for those that don't know, 
I will be having a network and true business cocktail social on Friday, May the 19th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Relic on State in Newtown, Pennsylvania. You can find more information on all of our social media platforms as well as on the website, which is www.myishaprice.com. There is a small fee. It will be food. It will be people. Bring your business cards. It's calling for all business people who are either looking to get into business, who are currently working in business, or you're working for somebody else. Whatever it is, all are welcome to come be a part that evening. So mark your calendar for that. Hope you attend. You can purchase your tickets on Eventbrite. Before we go, remember to always be who you are, love who you are, and see yourself. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. Thank you, Jennifer, for being a part. And until next time, I'm Maisha, and thanks for joining in.